Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from the Arlington Chamber of Commerce. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-host, John Yetman, Association for Enterprise Growth, Mike Rossnow, Arlington Chamber of Commerce, Tim Young, Young Marketing Consulting, Matthew Lesko, Lesko and Walderman, Ray Vasquez, Vertex 11, and Les Mullen Vistage. Les, can you give us a rundown on who we have on the air today? Sure. We have Logan Soya, founder and CEO, Aquacore. We have Robert Sanchez, founder and CEO, SHR Consulting Group. Tim Evans, co-founder and chief of strategy at Lumen. And Joe Applebaum, CEO of Potomac Companies. Let's get to our first guest, Logan Soya, founder and CEO of Aquacore. Logan, what is Aquacore? What are you guys doing? Yeah, we're a technology and software company that focuses on offering uh, in sensors that you can install in large commercial buildings, measuring things like electricity, water, and gas, and then using that data to help run those large skyscrapers and commercial office buildings more efficiently. How large or how small is this business? Uh, it's about 40 employees now, uh-huh. founded in 2000, late 2012, so early So you started the business? Yes. Uh-huh. Where you're from originally? Uh, from Melbourne, Florida, about a, uh-huh. an hour and south of And how many of brothers Canaveral. and sisters do you have? Uh, one younger sister. All right, so you're the oldest of two. Les? Yeah, um, how young were you, Logan, when, uh, Logan, when you started uh, making money? Yeah, I think my first job was uh, a dish boy um, uh, job that was on the bike path to school. I, uh, I found out through a friend that uh, they were looking for some under-the-counter uh, work and, uh, you know, walked in and asked if they were interested. And you were how, how young? <sighs> I think 11, 12, something like that. Mm-hmm. And did you do anything unique or what was so special about what you did that stood out from every other kid? Uh, I don't. I I couldn't say that as a dish boy. I necessarily did anything special, but uh, you know, tried to make things interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, I remember I used to try to count the uh, the number of times I would wash the same fork. Yeah. So, what'd you learn from all that that you use today? Gosh, I think that you know, for me, um, you know, I've always had a, a feeling of persistence, right? And I think um, for me, you know, coming in. Going to work, doing doing the doing the de- deed here, getting it over with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that that has resonated with me Tim? ever since. Yeah. So uh, counting the same fork and um, counting the uh, number of kilowatts a building uses kind of seem similar to me. So, where do you think that you know instinct to track things comes from? Yeah. Look, I think I I would say that I've always had a desire to create value, and how how can you demonstrate value? Um, unless you're measuring it and you're presenting uh, real tangible evidence. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. that's the connection. Yeah, Matt? You know, that sort of approach to creating something interesting out of the mundane, you seem to be utilizing that in your current business uh, with the sensors. You know, utilities are are, mm-hmm. are uh, simple, but can you tell a little bit more about how that impacts it? Yeah. Actually, did you have a question regarding the environmental? Where, what, what was that question about uh, earlier? Yeah, the, you know, green. You know, there's a green initiative uh, when it comes to your business. How uh, how does that play into your early life? Yeah, yeah, sure. I think, you know, growing up in Florida, it was not a big city. Um, you know, I can still remember riding my bike to school, listening to the ocean uh, waves crashing on the way there. And so I would say that I definitely have a affinity for wanting to do good for the planet. And so Aquacore probably plays into that in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, the, the company's uh, mission statement is to be able to create global impact by helping our clients connect to and understand their physical world. Wow. So there's an important point there. Ray? So at 12 years old, you're getting on a bike and going to wash dishes. <laughs> what was the drive behind that in terms of what's this ambition for money at that point in time? What was that? What was driving that? I, I really, I, I don't think it was money. I, I think, I think it was an ambition to, um, I don't know, to just get to know the world. I mean, I, I think I was a very curious kid from the ground up. You know, my friend told me that, that he, he was a couple of years older than me, said that there was a, something available and I, I just wanted to jump on it. So you went to work, not necessarily for the money. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember the money being a material thing. I remember just wanting to get out there, wanting to 
hang out with my friends, wanting to just learn new things. How about this business, business which is known as uh, AquaCore? Is that is that primarily driven by the need for money? You know, look, I think I think any business uh, has a you know any business that's going to do good has to be profitable and sustainable in order to continue doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know the global impact, whether that's for people. Uh, our employees or, or or the world is is what drives me personally. Mm-hmm. Michael? So where'd you end up getting this sense of initiative and drive from? Um, so, uh, you know, growing up as a kid, uh, my my father's from Germany, my mother's from Israel. Um, I think I think the sense of persistence and, and, and initiative, um, you know, probably came from my mother, really, on, on, on her side of the family. She grew up as the last child of 11 uh, in Israel. Um, huge sense of just persistence, just get it done. She was the kind of, you know, she has the stories of not make, making the bus because she couldn't afford the, the 25 cent toll uh, and still figuring out how to go clean a house, right? And so that kind of uh, affected me, I think. Uh-huh. Well, how come you know so much about this? Have you talked to your mom about this? Did you purposely draw it out of her? Did she tell you these stories? Have you been back to Israel? What's that all about? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, just as a fun fact, I recently finished the Tel Aviv Marathon a few weeks ago in uh in uh, in Israel, which was uh, tremendous. So, you know, we have, you know, we've gone back. um, I think uh, I mentioned my father's from Germany, my mother's uh, from Israel. Um, So as a kid, you know, uh, my family would try to kind of pick one destination or the other growing up. So uh, it was a great experience to to go abroad and you learn these things over time. Uh, What what was the experience? Uh, You know, so you went abroad. What'd you bring back from the abroad that has any effect on the business nowadays? Oh, man. Um, you know, my, my, I love the dichotomy between going to sort of a, a pristine, clean place like Germany or Austria or Switzerland and then comparing that in the same trip to something like Israel. Israel is just a world of entrepreneurialism, uh, you know, get it done, doesn't matter the cost, you know, boilerplate. And then, you know, you contrast that with, uh, you know, sort of this, this German mentality of, you know, rigor and, and, and professionalism and cleanliness. And, I, and, you know, just to, as a kid growing up, just appreciating both sides of that, equa- of that coin, I think is really valuable. Mm-hmm. John? So your parents are international. You grew up in Florida. Correct. But you ended up in D.C. How did that happen and why? Yeah. Um, you know, look, I think Florida is an amazing place growing up. Uh, I loved it uh, every minute of it. I think uh, for me personally, um, you know, I was drawn to wanting to make impact, wanting to create value. And uh, it just struck me that uh, being able to move up uh, to a larger city affords more opportunities. And so uh, I ended up getting my MBA at Georgetown, which is what moved me up here. This, this, uh, uh, Les, do you have a question there? The, well, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. This this interest in uh, this this um, so you did a you did a marathon you mentioned, uh huh, and you have a smile on your face. How come? <laughs> um, you know, I've always you know this was later in in my childhood, but I I ended up picking up a lot of athletics. I was a collegiate rower. Um, I eventually became a triathlete and a marathon runner. Um, I actually did not do any marathons or any, you know, ser- serious athletics as I was starting Aquacore. So this was my first uh, foray back into that. And uh, so it's just uh, really nice to get that get that back under my belt. What's that? What's that personality trait? And how does that apply to business? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll reference the, the persistence prevails, um, you know, kind of um, theme here. I think that, you know, in business, um, you're going to have lots of ups and downs. You're going to have challenging situations where you're going to be pushed and prodded and you're going to have to figure out a way to prevail. And, mm-hmm. and it's you as an independent thinker and an in- independent individual, you mm-hmm. know, just like triathlons, just like running, that is going to help you to overcome that. Does your, does your running help your business? I think so. Yeah, I, I think I mean, if if you ask anybody, I think that is works out in the morning, you know, it just is a mental uh, cl- clears your mind, uh, allows you to think a little bit more openly about what you want to accomplish for the day. Mm-hmm. Lester. Yeah. Come back to your dad. Um, you you described his his German upbringing and, and the travels there uh, using terms like rigor and cleanliness. What's <laughs> that got to do with you and running a business today? Um, so, so, well, first of all, he was the technologist of the family. So he's, uh, you know, he introduced me to computers and technology, uh, got me into the, uh, that side of, um, uh, side of life. Um, I think as it relates to his rigor, you know, I can still remember him very, uh, you know, emphatically 
communicating exactly how, where the fork should be and where the knife should be and how how you know how we should eat proper and um, you know and I don't say that negatively I yeah. think I think so what that did it do to you those are important lessons to create a business that is sustainable uh, I mean like you can build a business right but if you want to build a business that's going to last a long time you have to mm -hmm. have the rigor to put in the right process what's your question what do you think of so I'm, I'm wondering if we were talking to your sister what kind of big brother would she <laughs> say she had and how to and, and how does that translate to um, running a company yeah um i think i hope she would say that um you know i was very inclusive in in uh wanting her to come spend time with my friends and and you know wanting her to come along and uh and be part of the things that i enjoyed um you know i think we have a very i i, I would say like probably eight or nine probably well, not why, that why, why is that so important to you because that's the try get the sense that's the truth why is that so important to you why would you bother including your sister I, um, you know, I, I, it's funny. I have a team. I, I would say that I have an individual uh, uh, drive to, for persistence, uh, but I am motivated by those around me to feel success, right? What's, what's the website address of this organization, Aquacore? <laughs> Aquacore.com. How do you spell that? A-Q-U-I-C-O-R-E.com. We've been speaking with Logan Sawyer, founder and CEO of Aquacore here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders back in a moment right after this break. Your name is? Brendan Herbert. And the name of the organization? Infinity Wellness Partners. And what is Infinity Wellness Partners? We're a corporate wellness provider based here in Washington, D.C. And what do you do for your clients? We provide comprehensive wellness programs. And what, what, what do you mean by a comprehensive wellness program? So everything uh, on-site and online, we bring activity classes, workshops, staff-wide challenges, and health coaching are four major aspects. So your clients are the corporations that bring you in to provide these wellness programs for their employees. Absolutely. Do they get a return on their investment? Uh, they sure do. Between 3 and $5 over a five-year period for comprehensive programs. And how would they get that return on investment? What's that made up of? Uh, well, our programs are made up of, like I mentioned before, you know, everything from one-on-one -on -one coaching and different levels of engagement to uh, staff-wide, you know, walking challenges or weight loss challenges. And the benefit to the company is that they've got healthier and happier employees that stick around longer? Absolutely. More loyalty, less absenteeism, more productivity, um, you name it, all the benefits, all the value. How long have you been doing this? Uh, six years. And what do you enjoy about this? Um, I enjoy the one-on-one -on -one contact. I originally started as a one-on-one -on -one health coach and now am able to touch many more lives through our corporate programs. What do you mean a one-on-one -on -one health coach? What's a one-on-one -on -one health coach do? Uh, helping with behavior change, um, looking at all aspects of life to, to try to help with their So if I've got some personal issues going on, like I like to lose <laughs> weight or whatever it might be, you would be talking to me about that stuff? I'd probably recommend you to one of our teammates, huh. one of our team members. That's sort of interesting. That's really neat. What's the, what's the name of this organization again? Infinity Wellness Partners. What's your website address? Uh, it's infinitywellnesspartners.com. Let me have that one more time. Infinitywellnesspartners.com. And this has been your business spotlight. And your name is? Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with? I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And wh what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special? Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia. National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? Um, the conference center itself is 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land. Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh huh. And what's your role in the organization? I'm the general manager, and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. Well, wh what's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? Make sure I have a, make sure eight executive committee members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So how many folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis or daily basis or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a weekly basis on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week. Wow. And uh, your job, are you working nine to five or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that? No, I'd say I'm always on duty. Uh-huh. Wh what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients because they're wonderful. So you're helping your clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business, and at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings and such. 
So you're you're well, you're running a twenty four by seven facility, aren't you? We are. Uh huh. What's the website address of this organization? Conferencecenter.com. Let me have that again. Conferencecenter.com. And your name again is Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your business spotlight. We're back here listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host Herb Cohen, and we'd like to introduce Robert Sanchez. Founder and CEO of SHR Consulting Group. Robert, what is SHR Consulting Group? What are you guys doing? We're an information technology, uh, engineering, and software development company. How large or how small are you? We're about 50 employees. And where are you from originally? Woodbridge, Virginia. And how many brothers and sisters? I'm the youngest of three. Uh-huh. What happened to you when you were about five or six years old? Uh, my parents got divorced, and my oldest brother actually went with my father. Myself and my uh, older sister went with my mother. Uh-huh. How would that make you feel? Uh, pretty sad. Why? Uh, it was just sad to think about the fact that, you know, I, I didn't have my dad around and I didn't have my brother. And, you know, I think it just created a lot of what I'll call personal tur- turmoil inside of my family as well as just inside of me as an individual. Mm-hmm. Lester? Um, yeah, take us back and tell us how young were you when you started making money? Oh, um, so I, I got my first computer when I was 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, got really interested in... Uh, with you know software development and messing around with HTML and DOS DOS programming, um, I also watched cars when I was younger, around the same age. Um, that's actually how I earned enough money to buy the computer, because I came from a family. Oh, of so nobody very, just handed it to you? No, no, no. I came from a family of very little means. Uh, you know, my my mother couldn't afford a computer. She knew I was interested in it. Um, so you know, I earned the cash to and, go buy it. And what did you learn about yourself from all that that you use today? Uh. You know, I I the guess that computers and the and the, the washing of the cars, all those things you did. Hard work is really important, and when you want to get something, it, it's going to require you to dedicate your time and focus on it, and you know, get the things that you want. Tim, so Robert, you know, it sounds like you you had two different paths you could have walked down. You could have been you know angry and lashing out, or you, you but you chose the productive path. Uh, why did you do that? You know, I I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that the the sadness, I guess, kind of forced me to, you know, walk away and escape all the personal turmoil that was going on in my life and allowed me to, you know, get my hands dirty, stay focused on, you know, spending time on things that I wanted to do. And, you know, computers happen to be the thing I attach my time to. Right. And escaped from my. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray, swing over that mic. Robert, how long have you known your wife and where did you meet her? Uh, my wife and I actually met um, in, in high school. We were both 16. Uh, we It was in Woodbridge, Virginia. Uh, Woodbridge High School, and uh, you know we've been together ever since. Since you were sixteen. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's the only you know girl I've ever kissed, right? Mm-hmm. Matt. So I was interested in you know what you enjoyed about programming as as a child and how that relates to your business today. So I I, I was always really interested in automating things and scripting them. So at a really young age, uh, I I used to write you know little snippets of code that basically would you know dial up. Um, our modem connection and launch whatever video game I was going to play that day. You were doing that how young? Uh, 11, 12. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, let's see. Michael. So what effect did yesterday have on how you run your business today? You know, I, I think the the personal life and what I went through in my childhood, all the sadness really uh, gives me a lot of empathy towards others. Uh, it's translated into making sure the employees of the company have really good benefits and everyone's above standard taken care of as far as like, you know, 401k matches and healthcare. Um, also the business on a per year basis, we actually dedicate, dedicate a percentage of our profits to doing uh, things like donating to charitable organizations as well as donating locally uh, to the school system and churches around where we live. And, and why do you do that? Um, you know, I think I think because of what I experienced, it makes it just makes makes you want to help others because you know going through what I was going through at the time, I always kind of felt helpless, and uh, you know I always promised myself that if I ever had the opportunity to help anybody else in my life, no matter what that means, I would always do as much as I possibly could to to you know lift up others around me. Have you been able to do that? Uh, I like to think that I've had a little bit of success thus far. How how, how have you been able to help people? So, um, you know, as far as, you know, like mentoring others, uh, you know, trying to get them down whatever uh, career path that they're interested in, whether they're inside the company or just 
you know, people I've worked with in the past, right? So um, I've helped people from that perspective. I've also, like I said, doing the the community work and the charitable work obviously helps, you know, the, the local community uh, around myself and, well, wait a and minute. my family. I thought you were supposed to be building a business. You're supposed to be focused on building the business. Why, why are you doing it? Why are you taking the time to do all this other stuff? You know, f- from my perspective, you, all of it all of it adds value to to you as a person, right? The the more value that you're putting out, it doesn't matter whether it's a business or you helping you know the community around you. It all translates into you know success, in my opinion. The more value you put out, the more value you get back from the world. I'm a big believer in that. So you know whether it's whether it's uh, you know winning a new contract growing business in different yeah, market I, segments. I don't hear that. I mean, I read the newspapers. I've never heard a CEO say that before. John? Congratulations on your success. It's hard to succeed when you don't have a father in the home. So who did you look to? Who influenced you as a child? So uh, at a young age, uh, starting in middle school, actually a person that works in the company today, he is you know, one of my uh, mentors. Um, also, my wife's father was was a, a big guiding compass for me as well when I was young, and obviously I met him when I was sixteen. How, how, how was he a guiding compass for you? What's also interesting to me is you reached out, you were listening, you were looking for these mentors as opposed to thinking you knew it all. How, how'd your oh. wife's how'd your how'd your wife's dad help you out? Yeah, you know, I definitely think miss you know missing out on having a, a strong positive male role model in my life sort of uh, allowed me to reach out to others for advice, uh, especially at a young age. You know, advice about you know what I should go where I should go to school if I was on the right track if I was doing the right thing, and they're still both uh, very heavily involved in my life today. Robert, see, so talk about short term versus long term. Seems like you look at things from one of those two vantage points. Yeah. You know, your perspective is, you know, you're long, you're long-term relationship kind of guy, aren't you? Yeah, I would, I would definitely say so. Uh-huh. So when you meet somebody, how do you know it's somebody you want to continue a relationship with? Uh, I think that takes a, a lot of trust building. Um, you know, my, my, my wife and I, we were, we were dating since we were 16, but we dated for about 10 years before we got married, right? Uh-huh. So I think, you know, it, I, I don't naturally latch on to people and immediately put them in my trust circle after five minutes of knowing them. Um, you know, I think her, along with her family and my mentor, have you know it's a bit of a two way street. They've done a lot to to be in my trust circle, and I always do whatever I possibly can to to make sure they stay there. Right, Les, what do you what do you got there? Yeah, I want to come back to mom because uh, earlier you had kind of told us you know she played an important role in raising two kids and putting money on the table. What would you learn from her that you use today? Yeah, so she worked multiple jobs. Um, you know, it's being a single mother and, and raising two kids is, is difficult and complex enough. Uh, you know, all the jobs that she had, she she was never really excited to go to. It wasn't really fun for her. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed a lot of that when I was growing up. And, and I think it's really translated into me making sure um, that I don't just have a job. I have something that I love to do. And it's not just about making money for me. Because my mother, under the circumstances, you know, she had to make money so that yeah. she was feeding two kids. And She's surprised by your success today? I think so. Hmm. What, what advice would you give as, uh, of, like, in your place of your dad, if you were giving yourself advice as, your, as yourself at eight years old or ten years old, what would that be? I, you know, I would probably tell myself to just, you know, stick to the things that you want to spend your time on. Don't let the distractions and negativity inform what you're going to do with your time and what you're going to become. Hmm. Interesting. You still talk to your dad? I do not. I've never met him. I've also never met my brother. Mm-hmm. What's, what's, the, uh, what's the website address for this organization? SHR-CG.com. Let me have that one more time. SHR-CG.com. We've been speaking with Robert Sanchez who's founder and CEO of SHR Consulting Group here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com. That's executiveleadersradio.com. Learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. One help building your business with help from this show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues Because our CEOs have been there and done that. They've succeeded in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues 
because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. And your name is? Megan Fishburn. And Megan, what organization are you with? Agency Q. And what is Agency Q? We are a digital marketing agency that uses technology to solve real business challenges for our clients. Give me that again. What are you talking about? So when you take creative and strategic thinking that is independent of any technical platform and you combine it with meticulous engineering and precise execution, you're able to create digital experiences for clients that really have an impact and make a difference. Who are your typical clients? Uh, they range from Fortune 50 companies to nonprofits. Uh-huh. Um, how long have you been at this organization? Five years. Well, why do you stick around there? Uh, the people. I get to work and learn from a tremendously talented group of people who are smart and innovative and uh, fortunately a little weird too. Uh-huh. W- what's your role in the agency? Uh, I'm part of our business development team. I work with our clients to come up with solutions that help solve their challenges. So when you're meeting with a client, what do you do? How, how do you, what do you do with a client? What do you, how do you start off? I first and foremost listen. Um, I want to hear all about their business and what makes them unique, what makes them tick, what drives them every day. And then what? And then uh, I work with my team based on the challenges that our clients have to come up with a solution that best fits their problem. And it may not be conventional, it may not be traditional, but uh, ultimately it works for our clients. So what do you like about that stuff? Uh, We have the ability to not only challenge the standards, but to change them every day. When you can work with a government client to use artificial intelligence to call through tens of thousands of documents, that's not only a great day at the office. So what do you enjoy about your job? What do you like about your gig? Uh, the people and the unique challenges that we face every uh-huh. day. What's the website address of this organization? Agencyq.com. Let me have that one more time. Agencyq.com. And your name again is? Megan Fishburn. And uh, this is Herb Cohen with Executive Leaders Radio. This has been your business spotlight. And your name is? Kirsten Holmes. And Kirsten, what organization are you with? Keepers Staffing. And what does Keepers Staffing do? So we are a staffing agency um, providing talent acquisition. What's that, what's that mean? What are you talking about? Um, for our clients, uh, we yeah. fill positions for them um, or provide temporary assistance. So you're helping businesses get people. We are. Uh huh. How do you know what a business needs? That goes with meeting our clients. Um, we believe in face-to-face uh, meetings, conversations, so really digging so you, deep. So you're meeting with your clients? Yep, I am. And when you're talking with them, do they always know what they need? No. <laughs> so don't. you're helping them define what they need? Yes. And sometimes is what they need, uh, what they think they need a little different than what you think they need? Yes. Do you <laughs> tell them that? I do. Uh-huh. Actually, I do. Uh, so you want to make sure you're clear before you get a job order. Yes, uh-huh. absolutely. And uh, then what do you do? Well, uh, we create that business relationship um, with them. We're really matchmakers, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, trying to find them the talent that they're looking for to make their lives easier. Mm -hmm. So then you're going through databases and making calls and doing all that. Or actually, it's your people that are doing that, right? Yeah, my team. Yep. So what's your role in the business? I am the manager of the branch in Alexandria. So let's see. So you're meeting with clients and you're also helping the recruiters recruit. Yep, so I do that as well. So you've got a clever side to you. You know all the tricks of the <laughs> trade. I guess you can say uh, that. What's the best part of your job? Um, really, the people. Um, I love my team. Um, being a leader is very important to me. What's the best part about being a leader? What do you like about leading? Um, I really like being that uh, motivator um, you know, for my team and for our, our associates, which is our mm-hmm. staff. Well, that's interesting. So you're not yelling and screaming at people, huh? No. What's the website address of this organization? It's keepersstaffing.com. Let me have that one more time. Keepersstaffing.com. And your name is? Kirsten Holmes. And this has been your Business Spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Tim Evans, co-founder and chief of strategy for AdLumen. Tim, what is AdLumen? Edlumen is a cybersecurity company that uses machine learning to find anomalous activity on a network so we can determine when an intruder uh, has stolen credentials on that network. And how large or how small is this company? We have about uh, 12 employees currently, and, and we're in the process of hiring some more. So. All right. And you co-founded the business. That's correct. Where are you from originally? Uh, Omaha, Nebraska. And how many brothers and sisters? I have an older brother and a younger brother and a younger sister who uh, live both in Lincoln and Omaha. So you're in the second of the four. What was the effect of you growing up the second of four? 
Well, my older brother was always really smart, really good at sports, played basketball, played baseball. I never did any of those things. Uh-huh. Lester? Yeah, so if you, if you didn't do any of those things, what kind of sports did you play and what was the role that you had on those teams? So I ended up doing uh, both running and swimming, kind of individualized sports. So I'd be up early in the morning, late, you know, late in the afternoon doing workouts. Mm-hmm. So individual sports, what did it do for you as a kid? Uh, I, I think it always helped me to think. When I got out and ran for a long distance, it always made me think about things that I hadn't thought about and kind of cleared my mind. Got anything to do with what you're doing now? So I, I think in ways I've definitely had some of the best ideas about cybersecurity policy on a long run for sure and maybe solve some problems too. So right. I think it does. Mm-hmm. I understand right. that you might have been picked on or bullied when you were a lot younger. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I was. Uh, I, I can recall uh, very clearly in my mind uh, being chased uh, after sixth grade. Um, almost every day, I would get chased all the way home, which was about uh, about six or eight blocks, and that's kind of when I started to run. And do you think that had any influence in terms of becoming an attorney? So uh, may, maybe in part, but it you know might have definitely has other influences for sure. Well, what about? You know, being bullied in general, it typically has a major impact in your entire life. You talked about being in the Marines. You know, how does that play into all of the choices that you made? So, so I think I did see the value in learning to be a Marine so that I could defend myself and defend others. I mean, frankly, that was kind of a, a small thought, but uh, I think it really it made an impact on me. And isn't that what cybersecurity is? It is. Mm-hmm. So you were, uh, you know, doing these independent sports, uh, but then you decided to go into the military. Is that right? That's correct. How did those two worlds mix? Uh, so, well, definitely Marines required that you be able to run. So it actually, it, it worked really well. That was one of the three things you had to do. The others were pull-ups and sit-ups. Mm-hmm. Michael? So then how did being bullied and becoming a Marine, you mentioned this sense of independence. You know, how did that help you when you co-founded the business? So, I mean, with all that we see going on currently <laughs> across the United States and across the globe, in fact, uh, I mean, for me as a business owner, it's my job to make sure that I protect my employees and make sure that there is nothing nefarious going on at any time. And, and that kind of gives me, so building an organization and helping people in that organization to do what they want to do is really my goal. John? Outside of your parents, who are the most positive influencers in your life? So, uh, Mr. Reynolds, I uh, re- recall his name clearly at Morton, uh, Morton Elementary School, uh, ended, ended up junior high, ended up uh, talking to us uh, as students a, a lot of times after class. He, he had been in Vietnam War, he had a, a steel plate in his head, and he really tried to, you know, he was a very serious guy, but he tried to ensure that we thought about things in life before we did them. We just didn't go out and do them. How, how, how young were you when you were hanging out with him? Um, seventh grade, so that would put me about 14. And why were you hanging out with him? Why weren't you out, like, you know, doing other stuff? So he taught math, and I liked his class. I liked math class. What did you like about him? Um, he just seemed to care about the students. He's just a nice guy, uh-huh. just a very nice individual. Did he play a role in your decision to, be, to go to the Marines? You know, I never thought about it, but, but maybe. I mean, he's the only person I knew that was a role model that was in the military. Nobody in my family was in the military. Did you follow up with him after you decided to join? I didn't, but I've thought about it many times. Mm-hmm. Ray, what else are you thinking? So you're, you still have family in Omaha, and you're far away from Omaha. Um, can you talk, tell me a little bit about how, how you decided to be so far away? Sure. So, you know, for me, I think uh, Omaha is very small. It's a small town. I mean, there's no, and if you've driven through Nebraska, it's a long way to drive through Nebraska. There's nothing there. It's flat. So I really wanted to get out and see the world. My first duty station, I chose Japan. Lived there for a couple of years, Orange County, California, for ten years. You know, I just I and I never, you know, I, I go back home and visit, but I probably won't go back and live. How, how, how's this? How's the? Uh, how have you changed? How have you shifted? Um, how so? Specifically? Well, you know, from the time you left to the time you just recently went back. So I, I definitely see things differently from a world perspective when I go back to Omaha and I can tell the folks my friends maybe they think 
maybe a little bit smaller view of what the world is. Mm-hmm. Because you got out and you did it the traveling that you did. Tim, what are you thinking? I'm just curious, um, you know, you uh, kind of shifted, uh, you, you've been serving your, your whole career, uh, you know, starting in the Marines and through various, um, uh, you know, elements of the service. Where did that, that service ethic come from? So, I mean, I, you know, I guess I really learned about service, maybe starting in, in junior high. I went to, you know, Creighton Prep, it was, it was a Catholic school. We, we went to Appalachia. We did a mission to Appalachia, and I, I learned that there were people that didn't have the same things that I had. And from Omaha, it's very different. I mean, you think this is what everybody has. It's not. Mm -hmm. So we went to Appalachia, and we saw people living out of the back of trucks, turned upside down. It was crazy. So it really opened my eyes. And maybe that was the first time I decided I need to get away from Omaha eventually. Mm -hmm. Because you wanted to help people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Next question. Who's got it? Go ahead. Uh, Tim, you talk about um, running a lot. So, how how does it feel when you're on like mile twenty three compared to work? What goes <laughs> through your head? So, so the cool thing about doing marathons, I've done ten of them, is it makes you really focus on just finishing. Work doesn't matter at that point. It's all about accomplishing what you're doing that moment, and nothing else matters. And that's really a clearing thought. But certainly there's some demons that probably get into your head at that point in time. You okay. can't finish this. You can't do it. Why are you here? Like It's the same demons that we have in business, you know, as a startup. I mean, I, I've been up many, many nights not knowing how we were going to get over this hump. But you keep doing it. It's the persistence that all of us have talked about today. Tell us about, tell us about mom and dad. What do you get from mom that you use today? What do you get from dad that you apply? So my dad worked for the Internal Revenue Service for 30 years, auditing corporations. My dad, I remember when, I, when he was like 35, he was studying for his CPA. And I remember being so impressed watching him study at night. Maybe that's why I went to law school. I don't know. I just, I like school. But, uh, you know, I think from my dad, I learned uh, kind of that persistence. Matt, you have another question there? Is your father still around? He's not. He, he passed in 2010. I'm sorry to hear that. Yep. I'm sure you would appreciate seeing you start your own business. And <laughs> mm-hmm. John, so Mr. Reynolds influenced you greatly. What would you say to your seventh grade self? What advice? How would you influence yourself? Uh, just, I mean, uh, I think he kind of impressed upon us that you know life life is serious. It's not a joke, and you can help people, or you can just help yourself. And I think he always kind of indicated that we ought to help other people. Mm-hmm. Tim, what else were you thinking there? Um, what made you decide, you know, you, you um, uh, were coming from a, a structured world in, in the military. What made you decide to start your own firm? So, uh, you know, you would think that Marines all must be like little clones and move, you know, because we do when we do marching. But in reality, Marines are the most independent people that I have ever met. And they will figure 50 different ways to take that same hill but they'll all move together. So I think I, I learned the independence really in the Marine Corps, which is kind of ironic, right? Matthew? It's not what you would think. Matt, what do you think? And it sounds like you're bringing independent pieces together in a uniformed approach. Um, how does that play into the business? Uh, well, uh, definitely. So I, I've, been doing, I've been doing the marketing side and the sales side, and so I never did that in my career. Very different than what I'd been doing. But I like people, and I think, uh, you know, I, I just, I like to deal with people. So that's the part, whether it's an employee or an, a business potential consumer. Wait a second, we're, we're missing something here because marketing and business development, that's a creative piece to it. And I look at Marines and marching and lawyer and being to the book. Where does that come from? So uh, when I w- when the Marine Corps sent me to get my master's of law at the University of Washington Law School, I spent I tried to get into this trade class because it was international business class. Tried to get in there, couldn't get in. I started a business. I had been in Japan. I started uh, uh, selling detergent, my own detergent, to Japan. I had it made in uh, Salt Lake, shipped to the coast, shipped through China and into Okinawa, Japan. I was in the largest grocery stores over there. For you know, about about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the website address of this uh, organization known as AdLumen? It's AdLumen.com. A D L U M I N. 
www.lumen.com. We've been speaking with Tim Evans, co-founder and chief of strategy at Lumen here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. It's executiveleadersradio.com. Back in a moment, right after this break. I'm Tina Leone. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston Business Improvement District? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, Some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just, just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, there? Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why did you do that? Well, they, they, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people and then who knows the next great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh-huh. what's happening. So your idea, your, th- your thought is that in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that I, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events, through art, uh, through a happy hour. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to come out of that. Mm-hmm. That's what's exciting. So it's all about the people. And you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization. Is this a nine to five kind of job oh, for you? Hell no. It's a lot longer uh-huh. than that, baby. So do you have to you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, sure, sure. Let me have the website address of this sure, organization. Bostonbid.com, and, and you can download Boston Connect mobile app. Let me have uh, let me have that website address one more Bostonbid.com. time. Bostonbid.com. It's B A. Give me the spelling on that. B A L L S T O N B I D dot com. Excellent. Your name again is Tina Leone. And the name of the organization is the Boston Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight back in a moment. And your name is? Ray Briscuso. And Ray, what organization are you with? Life Sciences Conference Group. And what is Life Sciences Conference Group? What do you folks do? We produce annual conferences and events for medical technology, life science, pharmaceutical companies. Uh-huh. So if I go to an event, you're the folks that are working behind the scenes to make it happen? That's correct. We're the ones that make sure the food's on the table, the seats are there, soundstage and lights of there, your registration process works. And, and what kind of events are these? Are these just in the life science industry? Strictly in the life science industry. Why, why do you focus on the life science industry? Uh, we found that the best way to produce a high-quality event is to really know your customer. So we don't believe in numbers. It's names. We get to know each company. We find out what their actual mission and goals are, and we find the best way to deliver the value to them. And are you doing this nationally or regionally? We do it nationally. We're continuing to look for international opportunities, but it's primarily here in North America. And how old is this company? Uh, the company has just finished its 10th year. And how long have you been with the company? I founded the company 10 years ago. What gave you the idea to start this company? I used to work for a big corporation, and I produced the annual event for us. And when I decided to leave, they said, thank you for giving us $150 million worth of a business, and we'll see you later. Mm-hmm. Next time I decided I would keep some ownership and do it myself. Ah, so you've been building you've been building this ever since. What, what do you like about your job? I like how different it is because we mix policy, we mix business. I might be putting one CEO together with a politician. I might be putting another CEO together with an investor. Mm-hmm. And I might be putting the next person together with their next employee. How interesting. Well, what's the website address for this organization? Medtechconference.org. Let me have that one more time. Medtechconference.org. And the name of the organization again is? Life Sciences Conference Group. Life Sciences Conference Group. And your name is? Ray Briscuso. Ray Briscuso. We've been talking to Ray Briscuso, CEO and managing partner of Life Sciences Conference Group here on Executive Leaders Radio. This has been your business spotlight. One help building your business with help from the show's CEOs. Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on this show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow 
assuming you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohn. We'd like to introduce Joe Applebaum, who is the CEO of Potomac Companies. Joe, what are Potomac Companies? What are you guys doing? Uh, Potomac Companies is a um, employee benefits practice that helps employers control the future cost of healthcare. And where are you from originally? Brooklyn, New York. How many brothers and sisters? Younger sister, younger brother. So you're the oldest of three, Lester. Yeah, Joe, how young were you when you started making money? Uh, well, I started when my mother asked me to wash the windows in the house. That was everybody's job. What was so special about that job? Well, when you? we did projects, we got paid. So... She said, I want you to wash all the windows. And I got paid $2 a window. So you got a sense of what the demand was. When you, how long were you involved in that business? Well, after that um, event, I, at tw- age 12, I decided to create a business and hire somebody at the same time at half my rate so that I could make more. How, how long were you in that business for? for? 11 years. Uh-huh. And uh, you told us at one point you were making a couple thousand dollars a week. So you you really know how to make money, if I remember correctly. Um, Tim, what questions you got? So, you know, you're 16, 17 years old, making all the money in the world for for a kid that age. Um, How do you decide what do you want to do next? Um, Well, there was no, well, there was one option, but uh, everyone in our family was expected to go to college. And when I wanted to start a band, my mother said, you can either be in a band or you can go to college. She offered me uh, a pot of money to buy equipment, and since I couldn't sing or play like Billy Joel, I decided to go to college. Mm-hmm. Matt, what other businesses were you involved in as a child? Well, I used to um, sell candy in uh, the grade school to the principal, to the teachers, and um, anything I could do to to make money. Well, Can you tell us about you working with your dad too, uh, some kind of company that he was involved with? Well, my father uh, was a partner in a paper company and I would go in with him sometimes on uh, on a weekend or when I was on break. Yeah, what'd you do differently than the other kids whose parents brought them into work? Well, I would help them audit the sales receipts and the commissions and uh, I found a $10,000 error. Unfortunately, the salesman didn't like that. Huh. He got dinged. So you were helping save money back then for companies? Yes. Yeah, I want to know the correlation between blow pops, windows, and doing sales auditing relates back to the Potomac companies today. Well, I'll be honest with you. The, um, the original selling of candy and blow pops and big daddies was to make money. Um, washing windows was to make money. But keeping things clean... Just like I help employers control the future cost of healthcare, it's all about simplicity and uh, doing the right job for them so that they can do the right job for their staff and their clients. Michael? So you're making a couple thousand dollars a week in Brooklyn, which isn't as gentrified as it is now. Why Why go to college? Why not continue with the window washing? Well, actually, I we had moved to uh, New Jersey at that time, um, but... Uh, um, Again, uh, education was key to our family, and um, even though um, I went to an amazing university, I didn't get to stay there. I went to Carnegie Mellon, but got the worst case of mono in Pittsburgh's history, and um, after that, I just felt disjointed, and Dean asked me, or suggested I leave. So, were you in the hospital for that sickness? Uh, Yeah, I had about 107.5 temperature for about five straight days. And so... 
anything about that time that perhaps influenced this idea of wanting to save healthcare for, for organizations? Well, healthcare is driven by people, and it's not driven by anything else. And I learned very early on that um, being sick for that amount of time, um, I had no control over that. But everything else people have control of impacts the cost of healthcare. Mm -hmm. John? Joe, how did your wife affect your career? Well, um, I had, when I moved down here in 1986, I was fortunate enough to um, have two wonderful boys, but there was also a calling, and I remarried to a Grecian goddess, and uh, I believe that my wife has kept me straight, has uh, influenced me greatly, and, um, and without her, I'm just not myself. Who else influenced you as a child? Um, my father's work ethic um, influenced me greatly, um, and um, that's pretty much it. I, yeah, I did most of it on my own. I, I have to ask about the, your mother because you know she offered ten thousand dollars, gave you the decision, and you said, and I would think that's a pretty big influencer to give you the independence to make those kind of decisions. Is, is um, there more to I, this? I th I think my mother knew which side of the coin I would take still uh, a risk it is quite a risk but um and we have a very musical background but um there was no future for me mm -hmm. laid out right so so you're running a business at a young age you got all this stuff going on um from a hobbies perspective so i guess music or sports part of part of growing up too like oh absolutely i was number 26 on the um uh high school tennis team out of 26. <laughs> so I, I, I watched through the chain link fence. Mm -hmm. Next question, who's got it's it? This drive to succeed, where does it come from? Um, I believe everybody has a pilot light inside them. It's just a question if you can self-fan it or not. Yeah, who lit yours? Um, I think it was there when I was created. Mm -hmm. Tim? Uh, Joe, when you were a kid, why did you want to make money? Why not? <laughs> You trying to buy anything? Uh, you, you know something. Um, I I didn't have to necessarily buy anything. We we grew up in an upper middle class uh, household, but I did have to convince my father once why I should get a Schwinn ten speed instead of a three speed banana bike because I had to, uh, of course, deliver the newspapers because I also did that, and um, I convinced him that the ten speed Schwinn was more effective for doing my job. But what is the uh, what is the website address for the Potomac companies? Uh, it's Potomac Co. P-O-T-O-M-A-C-C-O dot com. Let me have that one more time. Potomac C-O dot com. We've been speaking with Joe Applebaum, CEO of Potomac Companies here on Executive Leaders Radio, and I'd like to thank, uh, let's see, uh, Lester, could you give us a rundown on who we've had the opportunity of speaking with? Sure, I have Logan Sawyer, founder and CEO of Aquacore. We have Robert Sanchez, founder and CEO, SHR Consulting Group. Tim Evans, co-founder and chief of strategy, Ad Lumen, and Joe Applebaum, CEO, Potomac Companies. I would like to thank my co-host, John Yetman, Association for Enterprise Growth, Mike Rossnow, Arlington Chamber of Commerce, Tim Young, Young Marketing Consulting, Matthew Lesko, Lesko and Walderman, Ray Vasquez, Vertex 11, and Les Small and Vistage for giving me a hand. Structuring the questions, hope you're providing our listening audience an educational and entertaining show. Uh, don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. It's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders, we thank you for joining us today. Do have a nice day and bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.